0: On today's episode of the Snakes on the Diamond podcast, we're going to do an in-depth preview of the National League Championship Series between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll be breaking down key matchups, identifying X-Factors for both teams, and identifying what this series ultimately could come down to. And hello everyone and welcome to the Snakes on the Diamond podcast. I am Michael McDermott. I cover the Diamondbacks for Fan Nation inside the Diamondbacks on Sports Illustrated's website. So to kick off today's episode, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies are entering the NLCS as the two hottest teams in the postseason. The stats back up their strong play as the two teams are near the top of every postseason category, both on offense and pitching. So runs per Arizona is 5-0, Philadelphia is 5-1. Runs per game, the Diamondbacks are second at 6.0, Philadelphia third at 5.1 home runs both teams have 13 home runs to lead postseason but Philadelphia has also played one more game than the Dimebacks the Dimebacks at the edge on a per game basis so on bases, the Dimebacks are second with seven and the Phillies are first with nine OPS D-backs second at 877 the Phillies are first at 892 and ERA D-backs second at 220 Philadelphia is first at 153 and then finally strike out the walk ratio the Diamondbacks are sixth at 2.63 and the Phillies are second at 4.17 so it'll be interesting to see how this long layoff the Diamondbacks been off for be off for four days Philadelphia three the Diamondbacks will use one of those days to make a cross-country flight to Philadelphia before starting the series everyone curious it's roughly a five and a half hour flight Phoenix to Philadelphia so the team will have a couple nights to prepare for playing east coast time zone and on top of that dealing with a loud and rowdy crowded citizens park citizens thankful published an article on inside the Dime Max in which several veteran players on the team talked about playing in that type of environment After the podcast you'll want to check that out you can find that article at inside the Dime Max if you go to si.com slash mob slash once again that is si.com slash mob slash so the article in question has quotes from manager Tori Labello, closer Paul wall, left-hand reliever, advanced supply, game two starter Merrill Kelly, and first baseman Christian Walker, Philadelphia Nick. The common response we've got from all five of them is, it's something that is difficult to prepare for if they haven't experienced what it's like postseason. So Evan Longoria is the only player on the Diamondbacks roster with first-hand experience of playing at Citizens Bank Paul Park. Was a member of the Tampa Bay Rays when they played the Phillies games three through five 2008 At the same time, this team has won four road games in the postseason, two each in Milwaukee, Los Angeles. So I believe those road wins will give them confidence to be able to handle that. And it just recently came off a series in which they played in Dodger Stadium, which also has a home field notable home field advantage. So winning both games at Dodger Stadium, I believe has given the, them the confidence that they can handle. That's of environment as wow. Well, now we've established how the two teams have played so far this postseason, the type of environment the will face in games one and two, let's get into the on-field match. But before we get to that, please consider subscribing, leaving a like, and giving a comment down below on the YouTube video about your prediction for the LCS. Who do you pick to win the series and how many games will it take? So the question is, What do the Diamondbacks need to do in order to beat the Phillies? So I've outlined five key areas for the D-backs, and the Diamondbacks will need to excel these five areas in order to be able to beat the Phillies in the NLCs. The first is being able to establish an early lead and be able to play downhill baseball against Philadelphia, especially at Citizens Bank Ballpark, where it will be difficult for them to play uphill considering the crowd and Philadelphia's line of shutdown levers. Since the Dynamax will be batting first as the road team, they need to set the tone offensively, scoring first, and having a good performance from their starting rotation. Like in the NLDS, if the Dynamax can establish an early 3-4 to four run lead in the game, allow them to dictate the flow, the pace, and the type of moves that the opposing team can make. Now it will be more difficult for that compared to the NLDS because they're facing Zach Wheeler and Nola and 2. Wheeler and Nola have a strong postseason track record the last two years for philadelphia so each run is going to come at the premium the second is being able to contain the type of impact that bryce harper can have in the nlcs so looking into that philadelphia team bryce harper is the heart and soul of philadelphia and boasts a very strong postseason track record in 42 games harper is hitting 286 with 14 home runs and a 10-17 OPS, that is not a type. 10-17 in the postseason. His 633 slugging percentage ranks third in MLB postseason history for hitters that have amassed 150 or more at-bats in the postseason, trailing just Yankees legend Babe Ruth Garrett. Now, containing Harper is going to be especially true in Philadelphia where such a moment will not only rev up the crowd, but have the potential to flip the momentum of both the game and the series with one swing of the bat. So in order for the D-backs to hold Harper in check, which is something that they're not going to be likely to do consistently throughout the series, what they need to do is start by getting the guys in front of them out and make Harper bat with the bases empty as much as possible. So that way the only guy has to drive in, but best case scenario is himself additionally they need to be able to match up against him and of course having kyle schwarber two batters in front of him well uh, who i have as an x-factor series we'll talk about that later it'll be important for the diamondbacks left on left to win those left on left matchups in fact those left on left matchups may decide the series so that means the diamondbacks will have to bring in Saul frank who i have as an x-factor joe mantiply kyle nelson tommy henry is another possible lefty arm that they might use for the series they need to make harper in big situations face left-handed pitchers. Now, this entire strategy is not a guaranteed success, as the Phillies boast a very good lineup, one through nine, especially if Alec Boehm or Bryson Stock gets hot. But I believe that the D-backs can win this series by limiting Harper's impact to create moments in the series that can swing it to Philadelphia. As I mentioned, containing Harper as a key, on the flip side for the Dynamax, they need their guy, Corbin Carroll, to have a big series. Diamondbacks will go where their star rookie alpha takes them, and he has taken quite far so far this postseason. So facing Nola and Wheeler for the first two games of the series, Carroll will likely bat leadoff spot, get the most looks at those two pitchers, and probably has to have the most successes. Corbin Carroll has reached base 13 times already in this postseason, five games. We know if he can get on base, he can present not only a distraction, but also increase... Number of run-scoring opportunities for hitters hitting behind him, like Cattell Marte, Tommy Pham, and Christian Walker. Diamondbacks are second in the postseason total runs scored and runs per game behind the Rangers. So in order for them to sustain that pace, they need Carroll to continue to get on base. And this may be the most important point in the series. The fourth is they need to come out on the winning side for the majority of Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly's stories. And the reason behind this is... Gal and Kelly give you the best chance to win, so you got to win. They'll, those two will be matched up against Nolan. and Wheeler. By winning the majority of these starts, whether that's two out of three in a five-game series or less, or three out of four in a six-game series, that gives the Dimebacks some wiggle room to maneuver in this series. Unless this series goes seven games, they really can't afford to drop too many games that Gallen and Kelly start because outside of those four starts the D-backs have a little bit of issue will have a little bit of trouble piecing things together in game three we may see a hypothetical matchup of Brandon Font against Ranger Suarez game four the Dimebacks don't have a clear fourth starter and they may not even use a fourth traditional starting pitcher even though most likely guys like Nelson Jarvis and Henry are considered for the NLCS roster to come out there hey but On paper, those matchups favor Philadelphia. If they can win those Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly starts, that gives them a little bit more leeway through the rest of the series. Looking at the first two games of the series, for the D-backs to have a chance of advancing, at worst, they could not have worse than a series split. If they get down two games in the series, whether that's a 2-0 or 3-1 series deficit, that could be too big a hole for this team to climb out. On the flip side, if they go 3-1 and one in the gallon Kelly starts, that would means they only have to win one of the other three games to take the series. And then the fifth and final. Diamondbacks need to own the base pass both offensively and defensively. On the offensive side of the equation, Diamondbacks are a team that everyone expects to re- uh, run on the bases and run aggressively. They were second in the regular season in both stolen bases at 166 and 87% stolen base rate in the regular season. However, in the postseason, they were only 7 of 10. And for the D backs to make that impact on the bases, that circles back to point three, Corbin Carroll. When you look at the rest of the lineup, there are guys who are willing to steal if they're not paying attention, to boot two, but there's none of those other guys that provide the level of distraction Carroll on the bases. Or at least certainly not since Jake McCarthy suffered a grade two latch strain batting practice before the series in Milwaukee. Now, there are other guys in the roster who can steal a base if the pitchers leave them alone. The Phillies are pretty well aware of what the D-backs can do on the base pass, both experiencing firsthand in the regular season and some of the comments that JT Remington made before, on the uh, workout. they off-workout flash. For the Phillies, they leave the postseason with nine stolen bases. Ray Turner is the most noted base-stealing threat in that Philadelphia lineup with speed, but he is not the only player in that lineup that can make an impact on bases. Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, and D'Ateon can run, and then you look at the bottom of their order, Brandon Marsh, Bryson Stott, and Johan Rojas are guys that can run as well. If the Dimex pitchers can keep the Philadelphia runners close, they have an effective deterrent behind home plate in Gabriel Moreno. Moreno leads all MLB catchers in stack, casts cut stealing above average metric, plus nine, and has the best cut stealing rate amongst national catchers at 30%, throwing out 22 of 57. I've already highlighted Moreno as an X-factor for the entire team this postseason, not only due to his ability to deter base stealers, but also he has shown the ability to make an impact with the bat with three postseason home runs so far. For the Diamondbacks to take this series early, which we'll define as five games or less, they will likely need to hit on all five key points throughout the series. If not, it either extends or it could cut, completely flip the other way, in which the Phillies have a pretty cruise to a series victory. When we get to the aftermath of this series, we're going to take a look at how the Diamondbacks handle all five key points and decide if that was what happened in the series. Now, with the five key points in this series out of the way, we'll talk about X-Factors that can make or break the series. The National League Championship Series could come down to these four players. Pick one hitter and one pitcher, each team whose performance will dictate who represents the National League in the series. So we'll start with the Diamondbacks. So the hitter I'm picking is Geraldo Perdomo, the pitcher, Andrew Selfie. So my justification for Perdomo, Perdomo bats ninth in the D-backs lineup, But in situations where getting on-base is the goal, he can be a tough out. The regular season, he had an on-base percentage of .353, and in five postseason games, it's reached six times. When he gets on to lead off an inning that turns the lineup over for Corbin, Carroll, and company to to build that inning, put up a crooked number. This series will come down to who does a better job of putting up crooked numbers. Three times in this postseason, Geraldo Perdomo led off an inning, got on base, and it led to a cricket number for the Dimebacks. Whether that's the third inning, well, didn't lead off the inning in third inning of game one of the Milwaukee series, but getting on base in front of Carroll, in front of back-to-back home runs allowed the D-backs to erase a 3 nothing deficit at the time. Then he also got on base to lead off the ninth inning in that game, which even though he didn't score because he was thrown out of the base pass, that created an opportunity for Christian Walker to drive in two with a double. Then in Game three three of the nlds Perdomo was the first of four batters reno being fourth to hit four home runs off lance land in that third marking the first time that a team in the postseason had hit four home runs on the pitching side of things even though andrew San frank has recently joined the club by default he has become their best left hand relief option he was one of four players that i highlighted as mid-season additions that have Revamped the D back's bullpen and allowed the best version of it to shine in September and October. The team has struggled with left hand relief options with Andrew Chafin and Joe showing and Kyle Nelson each struggling in high level situations over the last two years, but Saul Frank has done a good job so far. In his three postseason appearances, Saul Frank has inherited at least two runners, including a bases loaded jam in game two of the wildcard series, but it has shown an ability to to pitch out of them. Only one of the seven inherited runners runners that he's inherited has come around to score. That happened in game two of the division series with a three-run lead. And that came on an infield chopper to second base. His ability to pitch with traffic on the bases, considering his experience level has been a huge lift for the bullpen and the fact that he's gotten the D-backs out of big jams has enabled them to stay out in front of them. For the Phillies, the two players I'm highlighting are their designated hitter, Kyle Schwarber, and Game 3 starter, Ranger Swartz. Now, looking at Schwarber, Schwarber has hit the second most home runs in Major League Baseball over the last two seasons with 93. He is a three-true-outcomes hitter, as evidenced by 54% of his play appearances and walk, 126 walks this season, 215 strikeouts, 46 home runs. He does all three at an exceptional level. And with a bat like that in the postseason, a home run often comes at a good time. Especially can be more dangerous if the bottom of the order gets on in front of him. Or a walk could set up a crooked number with Turner, Harper, and Cassiano's hitting behind. So for the D-backs, they need to shut down Kyle Schwarber in the series. Like two for 22 or something. With no home runs. And like one walk or something. Minimize the number of times he's on base. On the pitching side of things, the Diamondbacks will face game, uh, Suarez in a pivotal Game 3 of this series. In the regular season, they had two games against him, and it showed mixed results. In Philadelphia, they tagged him for five runs in five innings. While Arizona, returned the favor for seven scoreless innings. If the Diamondbacks and the Phillies split the first two games of the series, Game 3 could very well decide the direction of the series, so the Diamondbacks and their top six hitters in their lineup will need to get to Suarez. He can be a particularly tough matchup once he gets hot on the mound. He's a strike thrower that gets a lot of ground balls and can get some swing and miss when he needs it. Dynamax will need to have a good approach against his fastball, as his secondary stuff is very hard. When I say a good approach, they need to use all fields. Don't get too pull happy when he starts throwing the ball out of a plate. That plays right into his um, game. If they can use that all fields approach to put traffic on the bases and make things happen, of course, avoid the double plays, so that's going to be up to Tori Lavelle to try and avoid some double plays. D-backs will need to get going on the bases to avoid them. I think in a situation, if they can get a lot of traffic on against Suarez, they can score against him. So for a final prediction for the series, I'm sticking with my original one from last episode. I got Phillies in six. I do think the Dimebacks will give Philadelphia everything they can handle for five games, but I think the D-backs aren't quite as uh, seasoned as Philadelphia in the postseason, and Philadelphia is better equipped to win a longer series in the postseason with better starting pitching depth and more guys in their lineup that can beat. However, I think it's a situation that the Dynamax can steal a game in Philadelphia that they're not supposed to win, maybe win another one, Philly. I think if they can win two games in Philadelphia, I think they're in the driver's seat to take the series instead. Of course... We'll see how that one plays out. With that, I'm going to wrap things up for today's episode. If you made it all the way to the end, congratulations. Make sure to leave a comment about your NLCS NLCS prediction of who you have winning and how many games it will take. Also, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a like. Make sure to share the video. And also, hit that bell to turn on notifications so that way you don't miss a future episode.